Glenn. Glenn, Mom and Brando turned me into a, a freak animal human. <sighs> but don't forget that the following podcast contains spoilers for the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, no word. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel, and point the right way, Magusta. That's and you're right. over there. Mm-hmm, Hi, that's Glenn. me. How are you? I'm so dandy. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm just dandy as well. Oh, my. But we, oh, my. Yes, yes, we have a little uh, discussion <laughs> ahead of us. Uh, we, we ended do. up watching two movies for this, kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we get into that, Glenn, other than those two movies, and also including those two movies, what have you watched this okay. week? Oh yeah, we uh, we know my lackluster life of movies. It's it's been. I still have that spider web above my camera. You got a dust, <laughs> insatiable. Man. You got a dust. I, I do actually. I'm one to talk. I did, I, I, I did I clean like crazy Friday. I haven't dusted. I missed that spot. I haven't dusted since December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> I had one, and I didn't. Uh, I'm saving that joke for off camera now. Okay. <laughs> um, let's start off with what I watched on our Thursday movies, which was Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, we reviewed that. It's up on the YouTube Blue Boo Boo Blues, and uh, it might be good, might be not. It's got Tom Cruise, and we were cruising after we watched the movie back to our homes, back yes. to our lives. Uh, after that, um, I was kind of having some downtime on Saturday, um, where like, uh, you know, I like to play some video games. My buddy who I play video games with left to go actually have a social life. What? Yeah, same. <laughs> my, my thoughts exactly. So I picked up a, a little movie I wanted to rewatch for a long time, but I kind of forgot that it kept existing. Um, and, and this will be a little blast from the past for you too. Uh, Reign of Fire. I watched that, rewatched it back in 2020. Uh, mm. For some reason, I was feeling super nostalgic about that movie, and so I bought it yeah. on Blu-ray when you know the world was shut down, and uh, mm-hmm. watched it. And what 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 did, what did you think watching it this time? So I only got halfway before I I think I started baking. I, I had I had fruit that was going bad, so I wanted to bake some bake some food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got halfway. I. I don't know. I it's, it might be a nostalgia thing because I bought or like I had the PS2 game Rain of Fire as well, mm-hmm. the, you know the Moody movie video game, and I liked this movie as a kid. Yeah, I think McConaughey is fucking great in this movie. He's unrecognizable at points. Seriously, like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, um, but the, I got I only got halfway. Uh, not, I don't even think I got that far before I, I had to stop. Um, and go do some baked yeah. goods. <laughs> um, uh, I I believe that that film has the best example of what people would be doing in uh, like a future apocalypse. When uh, yeah. I think it's Christian Bale and Gerard Butler, maybe that they're mm-hmm. they're uh, you know playing out uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, um, Star Wars. And that's absolutely like if people from our time ended up in an apocalyptic yeah. world, people would entertain themselves by doing something like that. And I thought it was mm-hmm. all wonderful. Uh, that movie is corny, I think. 
but it's it's yeah. entertaining. Like it's it's as much as I could expect from a movie about dragons underneath London. Yep. So <laughs> I I I think it's good for what it is. Yeah, I, I have to finish it, but I mean it it's good so far mm-hmm. uh, from what I remember. Um, but I don't remember the second half of it, so I mean we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so keep in keep in touch. Next week maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I think the dragons looked cool, but I, also 2002 CGI wasn't that bad. So that it was, was no. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, Van Helsing was nearby, and that's still the best best uh, best werewolves ever made. Period. I don't remember that. CGI them, but was I'll, I'll take you don't remember. <sighs> I only anyway, saw it once in theaters. Mo- we're not damn dude we're moving on uh i obviously i just watched uh the, the island of dr moreau and then i was like man now that i watched that i gotta watch the documentary so yeah. without further ado mike what did you get into well i know that well i'm kind of breaking the rules here i'm not there mm. are no rules what am i talking about uh what we we recording this have not seen it yet mm-hmm. seen them yet but by the time this comes out, we will have seen Barbenheimer. Yep. So uh, look out on YouTube for those reviews. We're going to do a review for both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, mm-hmm. I The only way they should be watched yes. is together. At least one will be out by this point. I'm thinking both will also be out by this point. So check those out. We don't even yeah. know what we think of them yet. So who knows? Impeccable. Who knows We're what watching, we think of them? We're watching Oppenheimer for the comedy and Barbie for the philosophy. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but other than that, which I haven't seen yet, I watched uh, six movies in total. The uh, first one uh, being Hot Fuzz. Uh, I think I told you after we recorded, man, I really want to watch Hot Fuzz. So I, yeah. I watched Hot Fuzz. I done did that. Uh, and I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, still as funny and good as I remember it being when I saw it in 2007. It will be top tier comedy for a long, long time. Yes, it will be. Uh, then I watched uh, Evil Dead Rise, the uh, Evil Dead sequel, prequel, reboot, whatever you want to call it. From mm-hmm. It's not a prequel. It's definitely not a prequel. So it's, you know, something uh, from this year. Uh, heard that it was actually pretty good. It's okay. I heard the same. I'm not a fan of the Evil Dead series. I was about to say, I don't think you've ever, you were never a fan. Yeah, right? not like I don't think they're bad. It's just not my thing. Yeah. If, if How you, do you feel about Army of Darkness? I do really like Army of Darkness. I will say okay. that much. Uh, Evil Dead One and Two are the the same movie essentially, but that was done on pretty much. that was done on purpose for reasons, uh, you know, copyright reasons, uh, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous if you ever listen to why that is. Um, the the reboot that they did uh what was that 2014 or something yes i wasn't too crazy about that but again not a fan of the franchise this i fucking loved that i know i know you did uh Mm -hmm. this one i liked more than that one but that's because it felt different it wasn't a cabin in the woods it was an apartment in la so it didn't feel like the third movie made the same exact way. The, the fourth movie, because the the remake, oh my God. the remake was kind of similar to to one and two. It, it was different enough, but it was it was still pretty similar. Uh, but yeah, this was an apartment in L- in L.A. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. If you're a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, you're probably gonna really like it. I didn't mm. I didn't really care for it, but I didn't hate it at the same time. Uh, yeah, I've got a buddy who loves the Evil Dead franchise, and he was like, "Glenn, what what do you think of this movie?" I'm like, "I didn't watch it yet, man. Yeah. That's all you." I, w- and I he was told me it was it was great. I was worried I was going to have to see it in the country that shall not be named, 
because uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know if the movies I wanted to see would be available when I was there. But they were, so I didn't yeah. have to watch it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I have to go to the movies when I'm in the country that shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> but I I like seeing movies in other countries because it's, it's, it's a fun experience. Just uh, something you don't get to do here. Yeah, and they got well, they have do, different but snacks. It's in a different country. They have different <laughs> snacks. And in, in the country that shall not be named, they had a candy bar called Hron. H R A U N. Mm. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. It was delicious. Yeah. It was like a little uh, nutty wafer chocolate buddy. It was mm, so good. Uh but yeah, uh so yeah, that was Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> uh <laughs> then we watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. We have a review for that up on the YouTube, so you can check that out. <sighs> then I I did something so shameful. Oh, don't, oh no. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Okay. Oh, wait. I'm looking at you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I cheated on Brendan Fraser. I know. I'm horrible. But I had to know. I had to know if Tom Cruise's The Mummy was as bad as everyone had said. I had suspected that it I was. was. I was expecting either that or it was Journey to the Center of the Earth with the Rock. No, I, I'll never watch that. <laughs> at least, at least this Mummy had Jake Johnson in it. Yeah, like, if that's a consolation prize at best. But of course, the, the Journey to the Center of the Earth with the Rock has nothing in it for me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, but yeah, this was as bad as everyone says, and possibly worse. Uh, they they were trying so hard to make this like the first of like a Marvel Avengers style monster universe. Little uh, monster verse, yeah. yeah. And it was it was so stupid. Uh, <laughs> hated it so much. Uh, yeah, I really the 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 flashbacks to Egypt were kind of okay, but mm-hmm. that's the best I can say about it. If I'm honest, um, yeah, yeah. There's that. Jake Johnson. I'll never watch Jake it. Johnson was kind of funny, but not as funny as he could be. You could tell they really reined him yeah. in. Yeah. But yeah. But I'm sorry, Brendan Fraser. Please forgive me. I love you. <sighs> I don't know what to it, do. I don't. I, I still can't look at you. It, when they r- remake Monkey Bone, I will not go see it. <laughs> or Bedazzled. I will not go see it. You're you're my only Bedazzled. I forget what your name is in Bedazzled, but you're in it, and it's great. Anyway, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I was, there was a point where I was trying to watch it, but it wasn't on any stream service or streaming services like a couple months ago. Well, I have it on Blu-ray if you ever want to come over and watch it. So yeah, but right. then I watched the Island of Doctor Moreau, which we'll get into in just a second. And then I also watched Lost Soul: The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, which we'll oh. also get into uh, in just a second. So let's get into those right now. sixth day, God created man. On the seventh day, he rested. And on the eighth day, in the year 2010, in a remote laboratory, an exiled scientist created something impossible. Unmistakably human, undeniably animal, on the island of Dr. Moreau. I'd like to present my children. Father? Oh, my God. 
After being rescued and brought to an island, a man discovers that the inhabitants are experimental animals being turned into strange-looking humans. All, all of it, all of it, the work of a visionary doctor. Yes, that is, I didn't, I didn't like that last part of that yes. sentence. How that was structured. Uh, directed by John Frankenheimer and Richard Stanley, uncredited. Written by H.G. Yeah. Wells and Richard Stanley, Ron Hutchinson. I don't know if the writing credit is uncredited. Uh, starring David Thewlis, Marlon Brando, Val Kilmer, Feruza Balk, uh, 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 Boba Fett himself, Tamura Morrison is in there, Nelson mm-hmm. De La Rosa, uh, Ron Perlman, Mark DeCascos, 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 Marco Hofschneider, and plenty of others, mostly Australian people. This, of course, what did not come up in Streaming Roulette, what did come up was Lost Soul, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, a documentary about how Richard Stanley was going to make this, and then he was fired four days into filming. Yeah. Uh, and then we said, hey, neither of us have seen this, and we don't want to watch the other two movies that came up on uh, streaming roulette, so let's watch The Island of Dr. Moreau. So we cheated. Yeah, we cheated. But then, after watching this, I was like, I kind of want to watch the documentary. So then I watched the documentary. That's exactly what I did, too. Yes. I was like, well, now I got to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, uh, we're going to try to only throw in the documentary parts in as we talk about the film. Who knows? We'll probably go off on tangents. Honestly, I feel like it would just be best if we incorporated both. Yeah, you're, you're right. Let's do that. I think I think we should mainly talk about that and then talk about yeah. what the fuck happened. <laughs> so I am a huge fan of H.G. Wells in general. I have never read The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say a huge fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of H.G. Wells. I like a lot of his, yeah. his books. Um, I, I have not read The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, but I had, you know, heard how this was such an, uh, a major disaster. So I kind of just avoided it, even though I'm a fan of HG Wells. Mm-hmm. And then I think the biggest thing, first of all, this movie is trash. It's it, <laughs> the first 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, this is okay. Like it's not bad. And then it just spirals yeah. out of control from there. Uh, so it makes me wonder if Richard Stanley directed the first 10, 15 minutes, because uh, I know they said he did a lot of the stuff that was on the water, which is the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, yeah. And then it just spirals, spirals from there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be bad. Well, it would make sense if he did, because he didn't he didn't even get to work with Brando or anybody. Yes. Like, yeah. he didn't even get to that point. So that, that would make sense. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Um, and, uh, so a a lot of my knowledge on the making of this stemmed from the documentary Val, which is about Val Kilmer. Same. Which I feel like he probably would agree now, but the documentary Val made it look like he was a victim within the island of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) It does. But. It does so bad. But if you watched Lost Soul, The Doom Journey, which is more than just Val Kilmer's perspective, this is Richard Stanley's perspective, this is a bunch of the Mm -hmm. cast and crew's perspective, they all essentially said that Val Kilmer bullied Richard Stanley into a mental breakdown, which got him fired, and also persuaded the producer. He's like, something's got to change, which is code for fire this guy in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So uh, he bullied Richard Stanley and got him fired, and then was thus bullied himself, which is not, I'm not condoning him being bullied, but it's kind of like karma, you know? Like, Um, you got this guy, you tried to walk all over this guy, and now this other director is not taking any of your shit. 
uh, yep. and subsequently also being a dick to every other actor. So it was kind of just like I, I've, I still like Val Kilmer, but I did lose a lot of respect for him watching that documentary. Uh, I knew, well, at least I knew, like from you know from wordage that he was always a problematic actor. Mm-hmm. But like watching his movies, I always, I always enjoyed him. I never like super yeah. liked him or anything, but I, I enjoyed his movies. Um, and then when I watched Val, like I was like, oh, okay. You know, Marlon Brando is kind of being lazy as fuck. He <laughs> notoriously like, was at this point. Like, yeah, the, and so like, from the '80s to the '90s, he was like increasingly dis- difficult to work with. Yeah, with with Val, like he, he showed videos of like Marlon just lazing about in hammocks and stuff like that, and just being not easy to work with. Yeah. And it it kind of painted uh, Val Kilmer to kind of be or like humanize him a little bit like you knew he was problematic but you know he kind of had these standards and shit like that or yeah. whatever like oh i met my hero and my hero's a piece of shit um and then and then you watch this documentary and everybody's like yeah no this guy's just a piece of shit yeah <laughs> it was super hard to work with him for everything yeah. and he always had a problem the biggest thing to me and i really wish richard stanley was either uh you know not too polite enough to say this or, you know, seasoned enough to do this. But they, in the documentary, they're talking about how Val Kilmer would ask him how something was going to cut together. Something very standard, like yeah. being knocked out and then cutting to black and the cutting. And he's like, no, that's not going to mm-hmm. work. Uh, and then Richard Stanley's like, what are you talking about? And then he, and then further uh, down the argument, Val Kilmer says, you get behind the camera and do your thing. Yep. And I, if, if it were me, I would have just been like, Okay, well, you're telling me how to do the behind the camera stuff, so we're gonna have this fucking conversation, or you're gonna <laughs> sit there, look pretty, and say your fucking lines. Yeah, like I don't care who you are. Like if you're gonna talk to me that way, I'm going to undress you with words in front of everybody, and I don't care <laughs> if you storm off and quit because of it, because it is such a dick move, especially to a brand new director who's trying his best to be like a, a supportive and and polite person. Uh, yep. And literally has zero power with the studio because any false move, he's going to get fired. And then to just belittle him like that and tell him how to do his job, which I've seen the stuff Val Kilmer have shot. It's not that mm-hmm. good. So you no. have to be cocky fucking, especially coming off of Batman, the Val Kilmer yeah. Batman, to have that much gumption and, and like cockiness to do that. I just... He knows his worth. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's one thing to be like, hey, I don't think that's going to work. But to tell him straight up that's not going to well, work. No, especially when he, he clearly painted out how the scenes were going to work and all and this. And it makes sense. And then he's it just like, sense. he's like, you know, no, that's not going to yeah. work. And, he's like, and no, it literally, I, I can picture yeah. it. I'm fucking dumb as shit. I could picture it in my head. The best part of that part, a thing, it's those words are not coming from Richard Stanley. They're coming from the cast and crew. Yeah. Like, they, they, they are, they're saying what happened. They're all saying the same thing happened. So it's not just Richard mm-hmm. Stanley having a gripe with him. It's like that, that probably did happen as closely as it can be, you know, to, uh, to people telling the story. And I, I think I think Val, Val definitely stabbed him and pushed him. But he yeah. was, Richard was already going stir crazy from all the shit well yeah the producers didn't help him and we are going to talk about island of dr moreau at some point one day one day technically this was our (laughs) this was our pick it honestly felt like they were trying because the only reason they hired him is marlon brando said he wouldn't do it unless they hired him so Mm. the way i read the entire situation is that they were trying to have any reason they could to fire 
Like they liked him yeah. as a person, but did not have faith in him. And when you go into a job with someone not having any faith in you, it makes you question everything. Uh, it makes mm-hmm. you. Yes, I. He was obviously paranoid and also a little uh, outlandish. You know, dealing with warlocks and witches, to trying to <laughs> to get good, good vibes, which was a little weird. Uh, but like the fact that they put him in an apartment complex that was in Burbank when all their meetings were going to be in Hollywood, but they knew he didn't drive and didn't provide him with a driver. Yep. Was just like, it, it just felt like they're, <sighs> they're trying to set him up the entire, they were time. out to get him from the beginning. Uh, yeah. And that's not to say that he's not weird. I do think his vision would have been better just from what, like it sounded S- like he was going to do significantly, uh, yeah. especially the, the storyboards and the drawings yeah, and shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I've only seen one of his other movies. It was actually, I think his first feature since this one, uh, mm. color out of space, which was actually nominated for a Stony. I don't think it won, but it was nominated ah. for a Stony. Um, and you haven't seen it. Nope. <laughs> uh, but he like that's a very competent film. Uh, yeah. Call Out of Space. It's weird. It's outlandish. It's got Nick Cage. Of course, it's going to be weird and outlandish. <laughs> uh, but like, it's competent. It's it's visually stunning. And I feel like if they just let him do his thing, and Val Kilmer wasn't a prick, we mm. could have had a fantastic Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. Uh, but 100%. that's not what happened. <laughs> um. Try, let, try to trickle back because we're going to talk about the documentary we, like crazy. Yes, we are. Um, we're going to, like, from that little snippet just alone, we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the movie itself, it's 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 hard to talk about the movie itself considering what it is, um, but how it all, you know, came together, it, it, it did turn out to be a movie. That's crazy to think about. But like like you said earlier, the first 10, 15 minutes, it was on to something. And then it just goes gung-ho. It just goes so many different directions. It just And then like the documentary further explains everything that you just watched. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Because why the fuck is this person doing this or these people doing this and yeah. shit like that? Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I'm immature. And it's not the actor's faults or anything like that. But once I see like a talking animal or something like that and it doesn't look like super real, I'm just I'm already like put out of it a little bit. Yeah. Like in the 90s, this might want. have made you like might have blown your mind. But we have. Oh, 100 percent. We have almost. But like 25 years since again then. in the 90s watching, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I fucking loved them. But now yeah. I'm looking at them I'm like. I can't watch this yeah. movie Splinter? right now. <laughs> Splinter? The way his, his mouth moves. When Shredder! <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it just I just become an immature child. I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, I can't be watching this. Well, I don't want to watch. I think it. this movie really popularized popularized furries. If if I'm honest, uh, there's, uh, there's how many of them watched this movie? <laughs> all the tickets were furries. Every single ticket oh. sold was furries. Uh, that's not Let's true. I don't go. Know. I don't I don't know. Either. Yeah, but just uh, the core of the movie and just. Actors tried their best. You could tell in the documentary. They were like, yeah, we were just, you know, we were there. We were there there the whole fucking time. And, like, everybody was dicking around, punching each other in their egos. Uh, I I don't even know how to start this review on this movie because it's so stupid. 
Well, the, in uh, many ways, I, I, well, I think we have to again talk about the documentary a little bit. But we'll we'll cut back and forth better than we did yeah. in the first ten minutes of this conversation. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things they said in the documentary is that uh, John Frankenheimer, the only reason he did this movie was because they gave him a lot of money and a three picture deal. Yeah. Uh, to so, so like three pictures guaranteed, or they pay him money to get out of the contract. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so any director would take that, and then 100%. and then just make sure that the movie gets done, regardless of the quality. Uh, and I feel like that's very apparent because it just feels like it jumps from scene to scene, and nothing has like a smooth segue. And mm-hmm. they, uh, it's it's and this was confirmed by the documentary. It feels like it was just a few guys sitting around being like, "Oh, this sounds like a good idea. Let's do that." And then they did that, but then it doesn't mesh or with it, the rest of the or, film, or it feels like. The actors were telling you how to make the movie. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah, with Marlon Brando, which is what happened. Marlon Brando in the first scene being in completely white makeup, uh, probably so his stand-in could do the majority of the work. Uh, yeah, and then um, the uh, the the short guy uh, Majai, played by Nelson De La Rosa, essentially mm-hmm. taking over Marco Hofschneider's character just because Marlon Brando liked him more than Marco Hofschneider. Yeah, uh, it's it's just uh, you know. Disaster after disaster of people who it's, don't care about the project, and that's yeah. probably the biggest thing is that it's obvious Richard Stanley just from the history alone, uh, mm-hmm. which the documentary goes into, of course, uh, is, is a huge fan of the island of Doctor Moreau. So the passion and, there alone would have persuaded him to make a good film. But once he was yeah, gone, especially when his great grandfather was a dude that one of the authors based well air quotes based his character yeah. on so uh, from i don't know that that whole thing yeah. was goofy as hell to go, in, <laughs> to go into that uh hg wells and i forget the author's name but the guy who wrote it was, darkness fuck yeah um uh carlton's coming to mind but i know it's not carlton um god what is that who wrote okay hold on who yeah wrote heart of darkness Conrad, Joseph Conrad. So Joseph Conrad and H.G. Wells were really good friends. Uh, H.G. Wells wrote The Island of Dr. Moreau shortly after Joseph Conrad wrote Heart of Darkness. They have similarities. Mm -hmm. H.G. Wells was mad because uh, he thought that Conrad was ripping him off. But Conrad said that he was basing it off of an English explorer of Africa named uh, Henry, Sir Henry Morton Stanley. Stanley and Richard just Stanley's so happened to be Richard Stanley's so from an early age because of that he was he was uh interested in the island of Dr. Moreau and Heart of Darkness mm-hmm. and all that so he had passion for it and the the and it didn't help the book was read and that his parents told him the book was scary so he couldn't read it yes and then he was like nah, fuck that I fuck with warlocks and witches give me that book <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, it's this this film completely lacks from anyone who cares about the outcome in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard Stanley was the last one to care. Uh, it if even even um, Feruza Balk, who was a big a fan uh, a friend of Richard Stanley, stopped caring once Richard Stanley left. Uh, yeah. And then everyone else was just kind of like, okay, this is a disaster. Let's just get mm-hmm. through it, which is not a good way to make a film. Um, and she only got brought back because her agent was like, "This is fucking career suicide if you leave." Yeah, just so you know. Yeah, exactly. Like she she was not popular 
or famous enough to pull that. If she was more popular, mm. famous, like if it were Meryl Streep doing that, they'd be like, you know what? It's a one-time oh, that's thing. An, that's an L. We'll take that L. Yeah, we'll take that <laughs> yeah. L. Uh, but with with it being, I think this she was really young when this was made, so she didn't really have much pull. I don't even know. Was this before or after Waterboy? Uh, oh yeah, she is in Waterboy. This is this mm. is before Waterboy, I believe. Vicky Valencourt. Uh, I hope she had more fun on Waterboy. I de- I think she definitely yeah. had more fun. But it was after The Craft, which is probably her most famous role, uh, and mm. before American History X. Uh yeah so uh yeah very early on in her career yeah um so yeah it just it just feels like no one cared and it, that just comes off on the screen it's very lazy filmmaking like every scene very few of the scenes are more than like six or seven shots mm. everything's like yeah. a wide shot there's very few close ups in it the the film language in this is boring uh there's only one really interesting uh. F- filmic scene which is uh when um nelson de la rosa is playing the the miniature grand piano on the pianos like that yeah. that is shot in a very interesting way as ridiculous yeah. as it is it's very interesting <laughs> yeah, to look it's at. super ridiculous uh so yeah it's just it's just you could tell that no one cared everyone was being super lazy with this uh, mm-hmm. and understandably after you watch the documentary and, and find out everything yeah. that happened as far like as far as the movie went it's it's a it's a plot that's that's there and you can see like what it could be but yeah. like it's just surrounded by fucking shit man yeah yeah <laughs> like like Val Kilmer you can even see like in the movie Val Kilmer and you know Marlon they barely have any scenes together Val Val's supposed to be like his assistant and he's barely ever assisting him in any way mm-hmm. um, David Thewlis. I, he was he he wasn't even mentioned in the documentary. No, because which is cause, prob- which is probably a good thing. Yeah, there was one guy who was cast in David Thewlis's part, um, but then after the whole thing went down, left, and then uh, David Thewlis came in to replace him. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't even there. Maybe maybe the water stuff wasn't even filmed by Richard Stanley because David no. Thewlis is in it. So I I don't know. I don't know if if anything that David Thewlis filmed is in this. I do know that they didn't give him a fair shot. I do also acknowledge that he was not very easy to play with, you know, trying to stay in his his hotel or his his house the entire time and not really go to meetings. Um, But also they didn't let him feel invited to the meetings at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if you were on this crew, why would anyone want to do anything? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is why they ended up doing most of the sex party shit and all the drugs. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, this documentary is fucking nuts. It is, it's, <laughs> and honestly, I'm glad I watched it because, like, oh yeah, if I just watched the movie, it'd been like it would have been horrible. Uh, well, was, but but having the context of the documentary makes the movie yeah. so much more fascinating. Even if you it, watched it before the documentary. Yeah, I, I'm glad I watched it after the actual movie because yeah. I'm like. All right, so why? Please explain to me why this movie was actually bad. <laughs> yeah, and then it it did it did everything except for murder. Yeah, it, t- it told me all the tea. The funny thing and about, I'm sipping it. <laughs> the funny thing about the documentary is that Richard Stanley speaks so quickly and succinctly that it yeah. just feels like he'd been bottling that up for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he'd had and, probably or, was it 20 years? Uh, almost Nin- 20 96. years. Yeah, almost 20 yeah. years. Uh, 18 years about and so he was just mm. bottling it all up and so to the point where he had like TED talks about this 
And he, he finally got a chance to do his TED Talks about... He's, yeah, he was just like, this is my moment. Like, he, I don't think he stuttered once or, or like, stumbled over his words once. He's no, he like, had that shit prepped like, like, like he had This is this, this is that, that, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And every now yep. and then he would say the wrong word, but then correct himself immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it was so rehearsed. But he didn't yeah. direct it, so it's not like he was making it about it. It was, it was fascinating, honestly. Uh, and he, he seems like an interesting guy. Um, I don't know if yeah, I would be friends with him with all the warlock stuff. No, oh, no. Not I, that I have a problem I, with people, people believing in warlocks and witches, but it is weird to me. <laughs> I would have a conversation with him. I think, his, I think his visions and his art styles are really cool. Yeah. Uh, all the shit that he was showing off with a... Uh, one of one of his like uh, fuck it's like graphic artists or some shit I forget the title for his thing but like the guy he'd work with to make all the visionary stuff I think Stan Winston I think he's yes I think I think they make some really cool concepts and stuff like that I so I think like talking about stuff would be pretty cool but mm-hmm. I mean I would never hang out with the dude <laughs> but uh, going going back to the actual movie I I had realized uh, towards the end that I had. I think I watched the last 10 minutes of the movie before in my lifetime. I had as well. It was on TV a lot uh, when I was a kid, so probably when you were a kid as well. Um, yeah, so it was it was the part where um, the fucking, uh, what's his name, Doug, Douglas and and Isa are, like, running away from all the uh, man animals. Yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm actually I'm pretty confident in that word that I just said, so I'm going with it. <laughs> All the manimals. Um and then like the part where, you know, she doesn't have nine lives, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um I I watched that part. I'm like, this looks fucking familiar. Yeah. Holy shit. That's the only part I remember. That was Kind of one of the only parts that I actually cared about in this movie because I remembered it, I guess. I had some type of, like, jolt of, like, nostalgia, I guess. Mm. But other than that, this movie is just so bad. There's nobody there's nobody you hook on to and you're like, I like that character a lot. Um, the only one that you wanted, me personally, the only one that I was really kind of wanting to know more about, and even in the documentary she says, she's like, she tries to figure out more about her character with Marlo and, like, of course, Marlo's like, you're beautiful. Don't worry about it. I like how you're combining uh, Moreau and Marlon. Did I? I <laughs> you said Marlo. Yeah, I, I don't know. My brain's just frazzled from excitement now. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the Isa character, or however you pronounce it, yeah. um, I wanted more from that. I wanted to know more, like, what the hell her story is. And, like, she wanted that, too, mm-hmm. because she was trying to find that, that depth for the acting. And Marlon's just like... Eh, this isn't that type of movie, pal. Yeah, just like straight up Harrison Ford or. <laughs> well, that that was the. Uh, well, that, he didn't it, say this isn't that type of movie. It's, yeah, he's like, no, nobody's gonna give a fuck. <laughs> this, this ain't that film, guy. <laughs> Specifically, me. I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm getting paid regardless. Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's kind of a shame because he was arguably one of the best actors to have ever lived, but mm-hmm. at this point. For one reason or another, and even before this film, was just so overacting in general uh, yeah. that he just didn't care. And the f- the funny thing to me is, even with him not caring, he's still the most believable actor in this film. <laughs> like, I maybe that's I've from never... him, like like uh, 
improvising or whatever, but like it feels yeah. very natural everything that he's doing, even though it's the most bonker shit in the entire world, whatever he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, if he actually like stuck to his script, I think he'd be fucking gung ho killing it. Yeah. But he's just he's just so hand he has to be hands on and he has to have I think he's just uh, to me I think he's overrated but also he's good so I can't say he's overrated yeah. too much but I also I haven't watched terribly a lot of his he's movies He's overrated so, in the as a person <laughs> as a person yeah like acting wise if he was humble I would say he's not overrated at all but he's not yeah. he's not humble uh he's obviously difficult to work with even possibly mm-hmm. more so than Val Kilmer uh who who knows I don't know but to have Like we're out where I'll give him credit in this yeah. in this movie ish kind of is like his dog he like a, a little bit ago I don't remember how long ago I think it was 1990 his daughter uh, also didn't have nine lives oh <clears throat> um, it was funny when you're talking about a fictional character <laughs> yeah it's a, but uh, she passed away yeah um so like sh- I'll I'll give him that. Like obviously he's probably going through yeah. some shit and he definitely does not care especially for acting anymore. Oh wow. So like yeah, that's pretty fucking well, fresh. They, it was probably right before uh, yeah, they yeah. filmed this because they probably filmed it in ninety five, so it was probably mm-hmm. just a few it's months. Like, to his benefit, I'll say like he's not all there anyway. Yeah. I I wouldn't be. But I for, like that also doesn't excuse I guess, it, like, unless people just let shit happen, mm-hmm. which they did. Um, just how he just walks over people and be like, no, I don't think that's... Like, his creative decision is the final decision. Yeah. Um, but also being nice about it, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as he, like, he was, as far as I heard on set, or as far on the documentary, he was nice to everybody. Except but, for Val Kilmer. Like, <laughs> yeah, except for Val Kilmer, which is you know understandable. Entitled. Like, like yeah, he probably because he wa- he wanted to work with Richard Stanley, and he yeah. probably heard that Val Kilmer is the reason he got fired. Maybe so he's probably just like whatever. I'm going to eat cabbage every scene we have, so I fart up a storm, <laughs> which ha- happened according to the trivia. So oh my god, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, when you take creative. Uh, rights over other people's visions and he even i think he even said he hates the word visions but like it's 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 what it is like i think it's just yeah, that was that was frankenheimer that said that that was the 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 director oh, they yeah, replaced yeah, yeah. yes with. you're right you're right um i just i just i lose a lot of respect there no i i'm with you 100 percent. like um the the thing so. that people don't understand about uh films well, mm-hmm. I don't want to say pe- people. I, a lot, like a lot of people, but probably still not the majority, uh, need to understand is that a director is like the architect of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, as dumb dumb as that might sound, they are the person that like designs everything, and everyone is working for their design. It's like and, Inception. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's Now, I think I think things need to be questioned. I'm like, "Hey, why don't we do this?" And a good director or, is okay hey, with being questioned. How do you feel about yeah. this? But like, like when you're like, "No, I need peacock feathers yeah. for this." Not, or I need a little piano, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I I think the, a good directors collaborate with their actors to make sure that everyone's yeah. happy but don't sacrifice the story or the vision. Uh I hate 
to use myself as an example, but I'm the only person. Well, I mean, from experience. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 when we were shooting the plea, uh, mm-hmm. we were shooting a very emotional scene. Uh, I was working with Khalil. I told him that this is what's going to happen in the scene, and he didn't agree. And we went outside, talked about it for like two minutes. His idea was better. I admit it. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's way better than what I had. Let's go do it. That's <laughs> what a director does. Like, they admit yeah. when they are wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they think they are right, you do it both ways and then just see what works better in the edit. Uh, yeah. s- sometimes that's going to be what you thought. Sometimes it's going to be what the actor thought. You have to get rid of your ego as a collaborator, including actors, uh, directors, yeah. writers. You have to get rid of your ego for the best of the film, but then also fight for what you think is right within reason. To, you don't, Or to party. Fight for your right to party as well. But if you make a good movie, it's a party every night. So, yeah, for real. Uh, so well, yeah. they they ended up having ones regardless. Of yeah. The- <laughs> well, they were just sitting around. So you you yeah. it's, it's it's a like film is the one art except for maybe music uh, where you collaborate for the final product. Uh, no matter no matter what, like unless mm-hmm. you are one person with one camera shooting yourself you're collaborating with everyone around you. Uh, music is like that to a lesser extent because it's only like five or six people, whereas film is like mm-hmm. hundreds of people. Uh, yeah. The director gets final yes or no unless the studio says otherwise. The studio is usually wrong when they when they take that away from the director. Mm-hmm. But I understand you got to make the money people happy. Uh, yeah. So anytime that an actor is just like, this director doesn't That's know what Zach he's Snyder doing. That's how Zack Snyder got in his boat mostly. What, with the studio? With DC and just all of that shit. They, yeah. Um, yeah, the studios... Not, not the same, yeah, but Star still. Wars is probably the one film that benefited from studio interference. Uh, yeah. Because George Lucas is a hack, and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> uh, no. He, 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 uh, because of the studio interference, it became a coherent story that people could connect with. Uh, and that's also a lot. It happens with a lot of stories. Yeah. A lot. Uh, but then there's also ego studios that get their ego and they're just like, this is right. This is wrong. What everyone needs to come together, put their egos aside. And then like, if you disagree with something, put it up mm-hmm. front and then you work together. Yes. Someone might not be happy at the end, but it's just how it is. Unfortunately, I, th- um, I think Sony's one of those companies from time to time. <laughs> uh, most of the big companies are Warner brothers has done yeah. it. Unless you're Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers yeah. interfered with everything, and then uh, because of that, uh, Christopher Nolan is no longer with uh, Warner Brothers. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie, I th- it had so much potential from just what we've heard about the Richard Stanley one. It could have been shit as well. We don't know. We never got to see yeah. it. It could have been shit, but it was definitely going to be better. Yes, 100%. Because like oh the God. passion alone was going to make it better. His passion for the story alone was going to make it better. Um, I don't think... I don't think casting Marlon, I, personally, I think a different different uh, Monroe would have been way better. Yeah, I mean he I wanted Bruce, like a, he wanted like a messiah looking type anyway. Um, yeah, I think I think Bruce Willis. I don't know how I would have felt about that. I was definitely on board with James Woods. <laughs> yeah, James but, Woods. Had, he was was he Douglas or Montgomery? I can't remember. Oh, I, I think I wrote it down. Uh, uh, Douglas is uh, David Thewlis's character. Mon- uh, Montgomery's Val Kilmer's character. Um, yeah. I feel like it fits better for David Thewlis, but no, I, I think feel- it was Montgomery actually. 
Yeah, I feel like it would have been Montgomery because I feel yeah, like yeah. Bruce Bruce Willis was definitely on for Douglas. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Willis was going to be Douglas, and then and I think no matter what, Marlon was already there for yeah. Doctor Moreau. But unfortunately, um, but, unfortunately, he wasn't on set earlier because he probably could have fought for Richard Stanley. Um, yeah, and uh, as annoying as he seemed to be in this, that's one thing you got to give him credit is that he fought to have Richard yeah, Stanley. He, I mean, he was. It. And he was, uh, I mean, just nice. It was just his creative liberties that he just took over so hard for that. Yeah. You know, um, but I think with a, with a different main cast, I think this movie would have been completely different and m- much, much better. I think uh, I David mean, the, Thewlis is a better actor than anyone that was ever mentioned. Yes. Like David Thewlis is a fantastic actor, but he was relatively unknown at the time. I mean, he was um, he was good in this. Like yeah. he was one of the better parts. Yeah. But like he's just surrounded by like just poop. Yeah. <laughs> that it's so hard to smell good. You know yes. what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but I mean, as far as the cast and crew, like you, watching the documentary, they all just were like just ready to do their jobs, hanging out and all this, and just it just it was just a giant ego trip from everybody on the upper parts. Yeah. From everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy. And it started um, with Val Kilmer thinking he's hot shit because he was Batman. Yep. Um and it I don't I'm it would have been nice to just I was three years old, but it would have been pretty cool to be on set and just living that experience, to be honest with you. Yeah. I definitely I think my anger being in this set would not have meshed very well because somebody would have been hurt. But especially Val Kilmer's talking to me like he did to oh yeah to uh, Richard Stanley. Um, I wouldn't have thrown hands, but I would have said said things probably that I would regret later. But yeah, at the time I would have gotten the reaction I wanted. <laughs> it, it sounded just like <laughs> it sounded like just an absolute experience to be a part of. Yeah. And then when everybody got to relive it all by doing this documentary, everyone was on the same side, which is not any of these you guys' You never decide. see that in documentaries. It's always people contradicting no. each other. But in this, they were just like, hey, yep. Val Kilmer fucked up. Like, they, were, they were all like this. They were all in the background like, yeah, yeah. fuck those guys. <laughs> uh, one thing, I, I this is the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, the the uh, Well... We we barely talked about the movie, but I think everyone can. It's, it's hard. If you to watch talk the trailer, about, you know what the movie is. There's mm-hmm. it's lazy. It's got all right special effects for the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Acting is better than expected, but still not good. No one. It yeah. just felt like no one cared. But the thing that I loved is the documentary when they re- uh, revealed. Uh, you know, in the beginning, they revealed that Richard Stanley never went home, and then it was revealed <laughs> yeah. that he was he was partying with hippies in the in the jungle, yep. around the set. And then they then this shows you how on Richard Stanley's side the crew was. Some of the crew snuck him onto the set, which he was barred from being on within forty yeah, he kilometers. Wasn't allowed of, to be on it within forty yep. kilometers, which is massive. And yep. they snuck him on, and he's in the movie as a background extra, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I don't think they ever proved they, they, that. But. They showed they showed which one like the mask. Yeah, and he was everything. the bulldog was. guy. But obviously, watching the movie first, you're not gonna. There's so many different animal yeah. people, manimals, um, that you're not gonna remember which one he was if he was actually in the scene. Yeah. But I think it it is is fucking hilarious that he ended up yeah. just back there, and he's like, Hey, can, can I borrow? Your costume and props yeah. and shit. He probably felt so much happiness. Like it was probably like a just a little band aid, but a band aid on the yeah. on, on the wound 
uh, that was, you know, his whole career being destroyed essentially by Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. uh, that he got to see how horrible everything was going uh, <laughs> yeah. from a firsthand perspective. So it's it's just, you know, that that is just a hilarious little factoid. Uh, again, mm-hmm. we're only going off of what the crew said. I'm assuming the crew wouldn't lie about that. Um, well, I mean, I don't. I don't see what they gained from lying about it. Yeah. Either the the only thing is like the only bad thing that would happen is that Richard Stanley's money would be taken away. But I don't. I think twenty years after the fact, they're not going to care enough. Yeah. To 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 go with the legal ramifications. But also, you it. know how many. Uh, people you have to corroborate with just to make that story up yeah just <laughs> that there was at least five or six extra not extras but like cast that he was he's like hey let's talk about this let's put me in there okay <laughs> i just love it it's, it's probably my favorite behind the scenes factoid of any movie mm-hmm. ever just because it's it's it just i don't know it feels like a little mission impossible yeah. scenario <laughs> um yeah i i don't have terribly much to say yeah, the the movie was we i definitely thought this movie would have been better i think for a fact that if this movie was made today it would be amazing and if it was made with the right people and if it didn't change the story too much yes because i mean it, it's a classic novel it's not just like yeah. the, it's not the, the source material is not bad it's a bunch of people mm-hmm. who didn't care about the source material making a film that they didn't want to make in the first place because the only person who wanted to make it was fired <laughs> mm-hmm. i and i think um, I think if it was made like in a more uh, adult animation type type mm-hmm. style of this story, like how they had their 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 sketches set up and everything, yeah. holy shit! Like it was definitely gonna blow, be rated would, R if Richard Stanley did it. Oh yeah, but it it would have blown me away. Yeah, just like from that those illustrations that they had. I think if that was made into an animated yeah. series of some type. My my heart would explode. Yeah, holy shit! And that's not a good thing, people. Don't let that happen to you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's really all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Same. So that brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not goes the cave or shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was streaming. Oh, let me get a coin flipper. I forgot to do that. Coin flip generator. I call it. Call it. Call it. Call it. Call it. Tails. It was heads, so I'll go first. Uh, I. Why did I say that so loudly? Uh, Hi. <laughs> uh, I think that this movie, uh, its reputation precedes it. It is not a good movie. Uh, there is enough there where you're like, I wish I could have seen what Richard Stanley would have done with this, especially once you see the documentary. Uh, but it's just not a good film. It, it's, it's just a mess. So I would say. And I hope you agree. The Island of Dr. Moreau does not go on the shelf, but Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau does go on the shelf. Because that documentary was fascinating. I, I thought it was... It, it, but it's it's also like a companion piece, so I don't know. That's how I feel. I feel no for Island of Dr. Moreau, but Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey, Richard Stanley, that, that does go on. But I, <laughs> I want to hear what your thoughts are. You took the words, all of them, right out of my mouth. Well, it It... It's hard as a companion piece. It's, it's the only way you should watch The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes, and before if, the, the documentary. Before so. the documentary, so you can get all the tea after and not before. Mm-hmm. Because watching it, you're like, man, this movie's fucking dog shit. And then when you watch the documentary, you're like, this explains everything, and I want to know more yeah, somehow. Yeah, exactly. Teach me the witches and warlocks. Yes. 
Um, but yes, as a companion piece, it's the only way you should watch The Island of Dr. Moreau. But 100% for The Lost Soul, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley, uh, that goes on the shelf, 100%. Yes. Sweet. I'm mm-hmm. so glad that we agree. So, yes. The Island of Dr. Moreau does not make it on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden, but Lost Soul, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau goes on the KFR shelf with the likes <laughs> of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is my turn to pick, which means it is yes. Glenn's turn. To pick a number, oh, let me make sure I got the right number here. A number between 1 and 43. 14. 14. Oh, okay. So, we're going to watch, let me just make sure, Detachment. And that is going to be oh on Freebie. So I have seen parts of this movie before. I've never fully sat there. I have seen the entire thing. Uh, So, yeah, that's a detachment on Freebie. A substitute teacher who drifts from classroom to classroom finds a connection to the students and teachers during his latest assignment. Directed by Tony Kay. Look at that cast. Yeah, directed by Tony Kay, written by Carl Lund, uh, starring Adrian Brody, Christina Hendricks, Marcia... Gay Harden, Lucy Liu, James Kahn, Blythe Danner, Tim Blake Nelson, William Peterson, Brian Cranston, Sammy Gale, uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I'm trying to see if there's any, that's pretty much all that's on there. Uh, but yeah, I saw this a while back and uh, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was captivating. I'll say that could be captivating bad. Who knows? You'll have to see. But yeah. it's, it's from the director of uh, American History X which he notoriously uh, did not like because Edward Norton got final cut over his own movie. Which Sounds like a lot of what we just talked about. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So, uh, But I still love American History X, the, the version mm. that was released. Uh, and Tony Kay is still directed as the director of it. So, yeah, this is directed by Tony Kay. It's going to be on Freebie, and that is our mm. assignment for next week. Ooh. Yes. Are you excited, Glenn? I'm so excited oh, to be yes. detached. Yeah. I love teachers. I love what you do, what you stand for. You guys are the real heroes. I asked to meet with you because you come highly recommended as the best sub on the call sheet. That's a somewhat dubious endorsement. I'm Mr. Barth. Those of you who haven't heard, this is English 11A. I understand you're angry. I used to be very angry, too. So what's your story? My story? What happened to you? Uh, so, Detachment on Free V is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening as and watching. Oh, I keep forgetting about the watching. Oh. I'm there, but I'm also here. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. As always, you can check out our Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Keystone Film Review. Our website is www.keystonefilmreview.com. I did that all backwards. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we... Uh, become substitute teachers in an inner city school and possibly cry? Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to see. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.